Konnichiwa. And hey, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. Welcome to Sumo Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo. And it is a very good thing because there's not many other sports happening at the moment. (laughs) It is mid-coronavirus outbreak. And we are recording this after watching day seven of the March Basho. First... Oh, you had something to say. Go ahead. I'd like to just call it actually the Quiet March Show. Yeah, it's a unique one, and we're going to get to that. But before I do, I just want to say a big, huge text and thank you to Amy and Dave of Sumo Mayanichi for reaching out to us over the interwebs. Yeah, they're so nice. We had not been live but like 24 hours when they reached out to us to welcome us into the sumo community. I've just never felt so welcomed in all my life. It just it's felt very, very so, nice. so nice. Yeah. So thank you so much, Sumo Mainichi. And I'd also like to give a little shout out to one of our listeners. Uh, his name is Malcolm Morrison, and he posted some of our very first fan art, which I was so Yay! excited about. So you can see that on our Instagram. And you can also, you know, while we're here, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I was about to say Facebook, facial book, facial book, Facebook. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can send uh, us compliments. Tell us nice yeah. things. Some of you are doing that already, and it feels really nice. Yes. Thank you. And, thank you. But we love your art. Send your art. We love that. And we'll post it. So thank yeah. you, Malcolm. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I actually was thinking. What? You know, I could do history every week, and I and I do want to do history every week. But I was thinking this week we are going to be talking about the tournament for the first time. And yeah. I thought we're going to be talking all about the wrestlers. But many people have questions about the Gyoji, who is the referee. So I thought I would give just a little insight into what the Gyoji is all about, what they do, and a little bit of their history and and fun stuff like that. So here we go. Let's talk about a Gyoji. Like I said, they are the referee. They are the ones brilliantly dressed that are usually shouting things and they call the matches. (laughs) But one thing I've been learning about them is that... It's very ritualized, just like the sumo wrestlers are in their Mm -hmm. lives and everything that they do. Mm -hmm. So they begin their career just as early, oftentimes, as the wrestlers do, as teenagers. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they stay in the business till they're about 65. Now, in some of my research, I've come up with this idea that these guys don't necessarily go to school. Like, they don't have higher educations past... High school, maybe, because... Because they're studying to be a gyoji? Yeah, same thing with wrestlers. It sometimes can be problematic upon their retirement because a lot of them don't have that higher education. And so they're put out into the world with the skills they have from the sumo ring that don't necessarily translate over into real life jobs. Yeah, unless you stick with sumo your entire life. Right, or they have to reskill themselves. Is that a word, reskill? Sure, let's make it. I'm going to make it a word. But anyway, that's that's just a tangent I... I'm on. Let's talk a little bit more about Gyojis. They have a very, very important job. Yes, and they do. it takes many years to become a top ranked Gyoji. In fact, they function a little bit like Yokozunas and Ozekis when they get to be the super high ranks. The ones that you're seeing in the matches with these top wrestlers, those are the top dog 
Gyojis. They have a highly ritualized life, and when they become a Gyoji, they are given a ring name. And just like wrestlers do, they often take a name of a previous famous Gyoji, and they spend many years perfecting their vocalizing, uh, calling matches, and calligraphy. Yeah, which makes perfect sense to me because they have to do those. Uh, the Bansuke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the rankings. Program. And it takes them apparently about 10 years to perfect that level of calligraphy excellence. Well, they're very serious about yeah. their penmanship over yeah. there. Yeah. So if they do need to retire, they could also go into just... Calligraphy. Calligraphy. Yes. <laughs> they're Why very not? good. Hardcore calligraphy. Uh, hey, I Is am... Is that also I, a word? Yes. Calligraphy. I am behind that 100%. It's an so, art form, just well, like sumo. I think that's what I find so beautiful about it, actually. Mm-hmm is that we are watching this ancient sport, which is an art form. And it's exciting to me to learn about all these little tidbits and little things that may seem strange, or I think it's really unusual and beautiful at the same time. So I love that. So anyway, once they make the top rank, if they do, it is considered an honor cherished like a Yokozuna. And they help regulate the wrestlers when the bouts start. Basically, they get a cue from the sideline judge that said they've had their four minutes to throw their salt and stomp on the ground and everything and the gyoji moves their fan into the center indicating guys it's time to go all right get serious yeah and he basically says it's time put your hands down and he signals with the it's called a goombai that's the The fan the war fan yeah and so sometimes the gyoji you'll hear all these different shouts and calls and people ask what are those well one that you'll hear is which is go on and spar essentially that's kind of oh. the translation of what the hakyoi or put some spirit into it um you'll hear put some in- spirit into it. i like that put some spirit yeah. into it young men nokota i think is you're still in they keep saying the words over oh. and over and over as they're wrestling yes. and the reason why they do that is because the wrestlers they know they know the circumference of the ring. Yes. But they often kind of can't always tell when their heel is either on the Tawada, which is the rice bale, mm-hmm. if it's barely over. or And the other wrestler doesn't know either. So they're taking those those vocal cues from the Yoji to know you're still in, you're still in, you're still in, you're still in, you're still in. The fight is live. The yeah. fight is live until it's called. Okay. Essentially. So that's what that noise is. Now, um, here's another like really fun tidbit I found out. Did you know that a gyoji can also call a water break? No, I did not. <laughs> Neither did I. For himself or for the rest of Oh my God, that would be amazing if he's like, I've just been shouting. <laughs> I'm parched. I'm parched. I just need a little quick sip of some tea. Yeah, fellas, I need a little sake no. and that'll come right back. Get this. So we haven't really seen a bunch of four or five minute long bouts. We right. might on occasion see a minute-long bout, and we feel like it's forever. Oh, you're talking mid-bout? Mid-bout. He could basically yes. call the thing and say, uh, st- like, go back to your corners, fellas. Yes. Grab some water, and we'll start again. I mm-hmm. really had no idea that was even a possibility. I had no idea either, but apparently it has happened in really long bouts to give the wrestlers a break. Now, what he does is he looks at them in the position that they are in when he calls the break, yeah. and either he memorizes it in his head or he does like a quick I don't know how he does it. <laughs> but then he puts them, lets them have their water break, and then puts them back in the exact same position really? that they were before, and they continue the bout. Isn't that crazy? That is cool, actually. Another fun fact is 
You will notice in their uniform, the two top gyojis, mm-hmm. that they carry a little dagger. Well, that is for filleting young sumo wrestlers. N- no, but no? kind of close. So it means that they are willing at any moment in time, if they should call about incorrectly, uh-huh. that they are willing to commit seppuku, which is, I hope I said that right, seppuku. S-E-P-P-U-K-U. Suicide by disembowelment. <laughs> and that's if they make a really terrible call. That means, yeah, if they make a really, really bad judgment call. Really stinker call. of a call. Yeah, but they don't. In modern days, they might resign. <laughs> no, not. That would make for some terrifying television. Oh, God, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean... And a different rating woo! system altogether. Yeah. But Sorry, kids, you can't watch this bout. Someone no. just disemboweled himself for making the wrong call. <laughs> no. But it means at one point in history, somebody probably did. Oh. They were... Well, I don't know. Some, I need to look that up. That'll that. be the history of the dagger I do for some other week. But I thought that was kind of fascinating. Now, like I said, they don't. They usually resign and their resignations are never accepted okay they just won't be available to be promoted later they just won't be encouraged to be promoted and that makes sense i mean you want your best judges at the top highest level yeah so but you don't want them killing themselves if they make an incorrect call right nobody wants (laughs) that especially after putting so many years into a career and just be like well i made a wrong call i I got it wrong i gotta kill myself sorry it's (laughs) short-lived anyway so Anyway, those are some interesting tidbits I found out about the Kyoji, and hopefully that will help, at least in a basic way, people can kind of understand what's going on with the the guy in the great costume with the fan yeah. and shouting things. Yeah, which is especially important for this Basho because it's a different Basho. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay. First, I want to say we have watched so much fantastic sumo in the last week. We've seen so such beautiful athletics all the way around. It's impossible to describe it all. So we're just going to give you a few tidbits from each day. Yes. Like maybe we'll make a theme for each day and describe a few bouts or a few things that have happened during the day just yeah. to give you a little snapshot of what <laughs> or, it's like. Or you have thought of a theme, which is, I think, is I great. I have thought of a theme. I am not, okay. I'm lazy, but you I'm always using, have a theme and I love it. And I'm using the royal we. <laughs> So we have a theme, which means I have a theme. And my theme for day one is just weird. Yeah. Because this is what a normal tournament sounds like. But this is what this March tournament sounds like. Crickets. Yeah. (laughs) Complete crickets. <laughs> the first day was all about getting used to this weird, eerie quality that was this tournament. Yeah. And there's some just like weird, bizarre things about it. Uh, and there's some beautiful things about it. Yeah. Like, I was surprised. I, it took me a second. And I actually felt as I was watching the wrestlers begin they were a little bit off. Yeah, I think they, they were thrown off They by didn't it. know what to do with the silence. It was such a treat for me yes. seeing it in this way. It's a real privilege. Yes, absolutely. When, uh, I think it was Hakaho that did the opening ceremony, 
the Mm -hmm. first day. And it's the first time I've been able to hear that ceremony, like hear the foot stamps on the clay, hear the breathing, hear every clap because there was no audience noise in there. And that may be part of the ritual, just their own personal ritual, how they fight, how they breathe, all of that. We don't hear. I know because it's usually drawn out. And this time you could hear like... The sound is so good. You could hear somebody's foot dragging along the clay. Mm-hmm. You could hear everything, mm-hmm. everything, every breath, mm-hmm. every cough, every clearing of the throat. Hopefully no farts. Hopefully no farts, because if that happens, it will be heard across <laughs> the land. I'm still waiting for I it. I am, too. I've actually been quite surprised. There have been no farts. No farts. Or if there have been, they've been silent but deadly. I Yeah. <laughs> Which, is Which could be dangerous <laughs> for many of those guys. But I'll tell you what won me over but Hakaho does this he thing. He always wins you over. Well, yes, he does. You know, you're going to hear me swoon over Hakaho a lot today. Um, but he always does this thing before every bout where he purses his lips. And what I thought he just quickly exhaled before each bout. But it turns out it could be a long yeah. exhale. Like it looks it was a like a controlled yes. breathing technique he uses. Yes. And that's, that's what I mean by I it was a literally privilege. squealed. I mean, yeah. I think you heard me in the I other did. room. I was like, ah! I know. I was like, what, what's happened? What's wrong? <laughs> what's wrong? What, do you need I got to hear Hakaho breathe. Are you hurt? It was different than I expected. <laughs> no, but, but that is exactly what I'm talking about is you see them, but you don't get to experience all of them. Yes. You know, in this way, this would be similar to going to Japan and sitting in a stable and watching a morning practice, yeah. which a lot of people in America haven't had the privilege of doing. Right. So this kind of gave us on the other side of the world a chance to see what maybe a practice sounds like, what these wrestlers sound like when they're actually fighting, the grunts, the groans, like the... When they hit each other at the tachi, the, tachi, I, the thud of, oh my heads. God, even their heads coming together and meeting mid-tachi, the just that awful thud of that sound it is incredible and it makes it more powerful and more stunning in a way to watch it with this kind of silence Mm -hmm. I i kind of thought when i first watched it you're an actor i'm an actor it felt a little bit like a dress rehearsal feels yeah when you perform full out yeah for nobody in an audience except for maybe somebody taking publicity photos it just felt strange i think it was weird for all of the wrestlers especially ones that are used to getting huge audience uh response it must have just been just weird on the other side of the coin yeah and i'll talk about this later in one of the matches i bet we found who our introverts are they're able to focus better going into this. They don't have the noise. They don't have the anxiety. They just have who they know mostly surrounding them. And they're not being looked at by an audience of fans and the noise and all that. So I imagine it may be the best you show race ever for some of these people who aren't drawn in by the crowds, who aren't excited by it. Maybe they're not being jeered by old Japanese women on the front row who are like, hey, you stinker. You're not going to win. I didn't see any mean Japanese ladies (laughs) in the front row. I don't either. They all look very delighted to be there. And they have the best time (laughs) even when they get smashed by a wrestler in the front row. They're like, this. This is the greatest. <laughs> this is the best. Are there any fights on day one that you recall that you want to talk about before I move yeah. to day two? Shodai and Tokushoryu. Okay. Because if you'll remember, that was the last 
those were the last two in the January boss show that were fighting it out to the end. Mm-hmm. So this was a, obviously Tokushoryu won last time and Shodai was crushed. Because I don't think he's won a Yusho race. Like, he's not won a Basho. So that was ultimate payback. And Shodai totally won. Mm-hmm. We said in our last podcast, Tokushoryu jumped from Maegashira 17 to what? Maegashira 2 this yeah. time? Uh-huh. Some some enormous jump. So out of the gate, we know his schedule is going to be tough. It is not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And day one, they were like... Hey, let's put you right in front of your last really <laughs> difficult person who uh, you crushed. Let's just see how you do this time around. Yeah, he facing got some, him. Got some major payback all week long. Yeah. So he won uh, Shodai won by Oshidashi. Also, Hakaho versus Indo. That was an interesting one because, yeah, what we thought was that short breath when he's Ramping up mm-hmm. is a long, steady breath. Sometimes. So, oh, yeah. Did did it change over the other days? Yes, yes. There were other days when it actually was a short exhale. Not that I've been watching or <laughs> replaying it over and over and over. Not that I've been doing that at all. But yes, it's slightly different every time. Who knew? Indo has just come out of a surgery. He had surgery on, what, February 10th to his elbow? So I was amazed to even see him be like, I just had surgery three weeks ago. Let's just jump into this tournament mm. and with Hakaho. So I was a little bit nervous, but he obviously, Endo, survived, did not get re-injured. Mm-hmm. Hakaho won by Hitaki Komi. And uh, the Yokozuna continued to just <laughs> beat anyone who beat them in the last Basho. Through, payback. From, yeah, payback from day one into day two. Except... For one fight on day two, which I'll tell you about first. Day two, Daesho versus Hakaho. This was a really fun one for me to watch because Hakaho started with a hard slap to Daesho's face. He always does that. He's got a brutal smack. Not always, but he did that time. He moved in. He grabbed Daesho. Daesho moved around to try to escape the grip on his body, but Hakaho stayed right with him, twisted to one side, flipped Daesho over, landed on top of him with his legs spread, pancaking the guy to the dirt with a beltless arm throw that was gorgeous and was like the best payback ever because Daesho had beat him in the Basho before. Anyway, it got me very excited because when when Hakaho works hard, he turns red like a red Hulk. He does. And uh, he turned red in that fight. He's fierce. So he he got some good payback on day two. Kakaru met Hokutofuji on day two. I love Hokutofuji. I do too. I I mean, as I've said before, I love my balding Rikishis and I like people who slap themselves, I guess, before fights. He's got the best pre-show game. Yes, yes. But in that bout, Kakaru went in headfirst and he either slipped a little bit mm-hmm. on the doyo or he got pulled down a little bit by Hokuto Fuji. Anyway, he lost his balance a little bit and uh, kind of flipped around. He, he found himself, he found his balance when he was facing outward right on the bales and Hokuto Fuji took advantage of the moment, went in for the kill, pushing Kakaru quickly out. Kakadu spun around, grabbed Hokuto Fuji's neck yeah. to try to stay in, but Hokuto Fuji finished him off with one huge push. So that was back-to-back wins for Hokuto Fuji against a Yokozuna. Ah. It was beautifully done. It was just one of those moments when I got really excited watching day two. And he didn't get the throwing of the purple cushions, though. That's the only sad part. Well, he's not. it's not a Kimboshi this time. Because he's in the sh- Sanyaku, 
right? Oh. You only get it's only Kim Boshi if you're a Maegashira. Oh, so it's it wouldn't have gotten. Didn't know that. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, hey! But it's still a very exciting win. Oh, for absolutely! Fuji. Anytime absolutely. somebody beats a Yokozuna, it's pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to stare any of them down. They yeah. just look just in their their faces. I they just intimidate the hell out of me. I can't yeah. imagine how that feels to be a low rank wrestler and then to beat them too at the same time. That'd be an incredible feeling. The other thing I noticed about day two. Or actually, I should say, in day one, I noticed that the commentators for NHK were really kind of depressed. They were they yeah. were really reeling for, or they were reeling because they had to fill time too. Yeah, they had to fill time, but there was no <laughs> audience there, so you could tell they were a bit depressed. They were saying things like, "I don't know how long this tournament is going to last. I really don't know how long we're going to be here." But in day two, something shifted, mm-hmm. and they started using their really exciting words like "behemoth." Again. Again, like oh, so, you know, so and so, so and so beats the behemoth. That was and hero. I yeah, I have thoughts about that. I actually wrote that in my notes for later because he loves. He used to say that about Ichinojo. He loves that word behemoth. He does love that and word. The giant. He yes. also. Lo- he's the same one that says, and that's all she wrote. So this is a <laughs> challenge to all of our listeners. Look, I love him. He's like my favorite commentator, but he uses this phrase. After anybody wins, and that's all she wrote. <laughs> I want to come up with some. Uh, that's like an American phrase, yeah, right? Yeah. I want to send him some kind suggestions, like uh, another one for the books. <laughs> uh, what are some other American phrases that and we could put some? No, I feel like I've heard him say, "puts him to the dirt," like and so and so wipes the dust, and that's that, and that's that. Fo- that's all, folks, and that's all, folks. That's like, see, we just need to give him some options. Although it does, <laughs> it's, it's very it's, endearing, though. It, it, and it's kind of perfect for him. So I do kind of love it when he gives us one of those. And that's all she wrote. Yeah. But who is the she? Because women are not allowed in the doyo. <laughs> or for me. It's... And he topples the behemoth. Yeah. I love that I one. I know. I yeah. know. But I love him. Hi, yeah, yeah. So day three, mm-hmm. I am titling The Red Wedding. Oh, why? Uh, I know. Well, the first reason is it was the first day we got to see some blood. Oh, yeah. We've, yes. It was bloody day, wasn't it, it? Well, it wasn't super bloody, but it, Takanosho versus Sadano Umi. Who I call the sad clown. Then I don't know why I just <laughs> call him the sad clown. Maybe because his name is Sadano Umi. Yeah, that could be. It was one of those matches Sadna Umi rocketed towards Takanosho at the touchy eye, but Takanosho pushed back. He belly bounced forward to move Sadna Umi back over the bales, a win by Yorikiri. Mm -hmm. It was a fast bout, but they must have bashed temples at some point. And so we got our first glimpse of blood. Did a lot of bloody guys. Thankfully, not by disembowelment. No. Just with a headbutt. That's right. So. I'm calling it red because of the blood. And the other bout, which I absolutely loved, and I know I'm not the only one that loved this. No, I was loved the, it. The, the, the fight between Enho and Yutakayama. And I actually had forgotten that these two met mm-hmm. in the last uh, tournament. And I had forgotten the beginning of their match. Because the last time they met... They both just stood up and yeah, there awkwardly, was no yeah, they just awkwardly looked at each other, and it was one of those moments where the audience kind of erupted in laughter and then started cheering these guys on. It made for a great fight in the last tournament. It probably came up organically because Yutakiyama had been watching Enho 
completely dominate some of these really huge big wrestlers. And he had tricks because Inho is newer to the game mm-hmm. in their in their rankings. So they don't know what to do with this little squirrely guy. And so I think the last time he just was like, I'm not going to give him what he thinks he's going to get. I'm going to stand back and see what he's going to throw at me. And it worked to his advantage, didn't it? Yes. So, yes. So this time... There again, there was no strong Tachiya. It worked for him last and, time. And he was like, well, I might as well stay at it again. Yutakayama was just not going to let Enho get anywhere near his belt because he knew or his th- knees or yeah, ankles. He knew it was going to spell trouble. Enho at and your so, ankles is dangerous. Yes. Yeah, so he just kept thrusting and pushing Enho back. And what was doubly fun about this was the commentator trying to describe this bout because initially it was a thrust and a <laughs> slap fest but then at some point they grabbed hands and it's like they were holding hands and making making a tunnel for people to walk yeah. through it was a very awkward weird posture that they ended up in mm-hmm. and uh, i think murray was the commentator yeah, at it was murray. he was and fascinated he was, by he was, it. <laughs> he was like falling apart in laughter saying i i only see this at weddings i'm waiting for the bride and groom to take a walk underneath it totally reminded me of line dancing or square dancing in texas you know uh, yeah where, where you where go people, under the bridge yeah you go, two people lift their arms and yeah. other people go underneath celtic the, dancing is Yes. That's exactly what it was like. So they'd push and thrust and then they'd find themselves in that tunnel shape. Which was them just giving each other a break yes. and trying to figure out what move they were going to make next because they had outsmarted each other the whole time. It was a longer match because everything that they were kind of thinking they could try wasn't working out yeah, once they, they got w- out one, there. One would try a leg trip. It wouldn't work. One would try pushing really hard. It wouldn't work. And and then they would take this break in that awkward position. And then they would go at it again. Uh, I think what happened at the end is there was just one big, huge push from Yutakayama. Mm-hmm. And Enho went out. Both men were completely exhausted. At the end, the bout lasted for about a minute and a half half, I believe. Audience would have loved it if they were there. absolutely. I loved it at home. It's definitely worth a watch if anyone wants to watch some great funny sumo. Yeah, I was watching it and being like, what am I watching? This is so weird and cool, (laughs) but are they going to wrestle or just hold hands? I don't know, but it did end in an exciting way. Yes. Day four, I'm titling Injuries. I might need to have some tissues close by yeah, for this one. I'm so sorry. Let's do the, the easier one mm-hmm. first. Okay. Okay. Ishiura and Chiyotairu. There was a big size difference between these two wrestlers. Yeah. Ishiura is very small. Chiyotairu is a big, a rotund, big boy. you know, the, the type of man you picture when you think sumo wrestler. Ishiura ducked underneath Chiyotairu at the Tachiai. He attempted a leg pick. He pushed Chiyotairu back, pushing him, pushing him, pushing him right out of the ring. Chiyotairu landed flat on his back, falling hard off the doyo. I can remember falling like that when I was a kid. It's mm-hmm. the kind of fall where you just like flat on your back and, and it you takes your air. Yeah, yeah, it takes your breath away. That kind of fall. That happened to me in soccer. You too? Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. I'll never forget that awful feeling. Oh, yeah. So we heard a terrible thud when he went off the doyo. It was it was uh, pretty frightening. Initially, Chiotaru said he was fine, but then he could not get back up on the doyo. He ended up being wheeled out in the wheelchair, his face grimacing in pain. That was the first unfortunate injury. And that wheelchair got some use. Got yes. a real workout that day. Unfortunately, it came back. I can't even talk about it. Okay, I'll say. You talk about okay. it. Takayasu. My, also known as my boyfriend. Yep. And Kakaru. <laughs> and I want to say initially, Takayasu looked so great. He did. In this match. I felt like there was some fire that I hadn't seen him, especially against Kakaru. It was neck. It was like him throwing himself in this moment where he's kind of in the depths. You know, he's no longer an Ozeki, and here he goes against a Yokozuna, like proving himself again. He looked like he had fire in his eyes. He did. He stayed low. He was in it to win it, and they they sort of went back and forth and back and forth, and they ended up in this awkward position with one. Takayasu had his right leg up high, his left leg on the ground. But it was right by the Tawada. It, it so was, it was wedged yeah. right at the edge it of the ring. Right at the edge of the ring. So he couldn't move. And right as he tipped forward, his left heel looked like uh, it slipped on the doyo. So it slipped out from underneath him. And with his hamstring fully, fully extended, there was just nowhere for his hamstring to go. No. And he grimaced in pain, landed flat on his belly and stayed there. Yeah. And the worst thing about not having an audience that day is we got to hear this man scream in agony. Yeah. As Kakaru looked down, it must feel awful. Well, it when felt you're awful fighting for me, I was like, I gotta leave the room. <laughs> this oh. is my favorite wrestler. Well, <laughs> you know, if you're wrestling someone and they get hurt that badly, well, Cockerton felt do? so bad about it. You could see he was just oh. like, oh, because he's been injured. They all know what the, they go into each fight, and you have to know their friends, especially if somebody is a Yokozuna and an Ozeki. They spent plenty of time together. Yeah, and it was. It's not Cockerton's fault. It's just the way the cookies crumble in these matches but you could see in his eyes as he bowed and accepted the win that he was so uncomfortable yeah. with that win he hated that moment and it was it was hard for everyone to watch because i think what is so painful about it is he could be out for a year with this hamstring tear yeah that, we heard later that it was a hamstring tear yeah that this could be the career ending thing and I thought about it to myself and I thought I wouldn't want to go out like this but at the same time maybe it's saving him from trying to fight back that Ozeki rank you know he just he just barely lost it. he just lost it you know yeah so maybe him retiring after this maybe that's for the best I think I'll be sad but then I'll I'll get over it and I'll Find a new wrestler, Find another wrestler. to love. Uh, but just to be clear, he has not announced retirement. No, no. At this point, all we know at this point is that he's out for a month. Right. And right. that there's a tear in his hamstring. And just like Endo was back after having surgery three weeks ago, we could clearly see him in another month or two being like, you know what? I had surgery on my hamstring. I'm fine. Well, and you know what's <laughs> nuts is Chiyotairu was back the next day after going out in a wheelchair 
He was back yeah. winning the next day on day five. I so hope it's not the end of his career. Even if it was a serious injury, I just, I want more of him. I'm wishing him great health and oh to my someone he's, he's never met who is his girlfriend <laughs> from America. I send him much love and healing. So let's move to day five. I actually don't have a theme for this day because I was just so overwhelmed by fantastic sumo. Ah, uh, it's hard to know what to talk about first, but let me do a little shout out to Tochinoshin versus Teretsuoshi. There was an this was another bout where there was a big size difference between the two men. Tochinoshin picked up Teretsuoshi carried him, feet <laughs> flailing to the edge of the ring. Somehow, Teretsuyoshi slipped down and out of that hold, flipped Tochinoshin around, grabbed his belt. They went back and forth with their sumo. Somehow, Tochinoshin went down. It was just amazing to watch this guy get picked up and, like an eel, get out of it and flip the other guy around. Tochinoshin well lost? Yes. Yeah. I think I remember that he because he for the first part he was flailing. He yeah, was picking him up to to drop him outside yeah. the ring, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Oh no, a little guy's about to just get embarrassed." I and know. then he was like, "Nope, not today. <laughs> not little guy up. ain't going down today." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I want to talk about Hokuto Fuji and Daisho. Oh, please do because Daisho blasted and bloodied Hokuto Fuji. It was a brutal tachi eye. Daisho tried everything, and Hokuto Fuji resisted almost every single thing that came out. It was one of those battles where you go, God, th these are two warriors I'm watching. Daisho won by Oshidashi, but I thought that was an interesting one. Also, Takakesho Mitakiyumi, another one of your favorites. These two, I I could watch all day long. I can love I, these two. I Can I just say... You can say anything you want. Mitakiyumi is one of the first wrestlers that made me fall in love with sumo because... I found an image of him online. Hold, he was like sitting cross legged, big old smile, toothy grin on his face, holding a big fish up like it was yeah. something he had just caught. And I was like, that's what, what is they... this strange oh. thing? I didn't know anything about sumo at the time. Oh. And he had his beautiful sumo wrestling garb on. And I was like, what is this very large man who has like his family behind him holding a fish? What is this all about? <laughs> and it was Mitakiumi. So I I have a soft spot in my heart for Mitaki. I mean, I have a t-shirt with Well, Mitake do you know what that is? Why he's holding a big fish? Well, I know you get it when you win, but yeah. it must be a very fancy, expensive fish. I would think so. I need to do some research into the types of fish they give them, but yes. it ain't a cheap fish. I, yeah, I'm sure it's not like a 1999 special. No. This is a very <laughs> like a high-end snapper or tuna yeah. or something. Yeah. I, I guess a tuna would be ginormous, but I don't know what fish they give them, but it's top... Top shelf fish. If yeah, that's such a there's thing. a top shelf fish. I would think. Anyway, he looked very proud of his fish. Sorry to get you off track. There. That's okay. <laughs> but I just wanted to say I I love these two guys. I look forward to them meeting head to head every single match. Uh, Mitakiyumi pushed Takakesho back easily. He has momentum. You can just see it within him in this bout. Takakesho. I think on day five, he, he hasn't had the fire. And I think it was reversed last time, wasn't it? Uh, was it? Mitakiyumi had some had some pep in his step. And Takakesho's been down a little Takakesho's bit. Takakesho's had a rough start to yeah. this tournament. I think he's getting better. Yeah. But Mitakiyumi won Yorikiri. Um, 
Yori Kiri. Uh, I can't ever pronounce that one. And he also said he was doing his brand of sumo, which I always of course really they think, always they, I just appreciate it <laughs> that oh, it's like a drinking game. Anytime they say my brand of sumo and Bohemoth and yeah. Bohemoth, let's take a shot. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Endo for day five, his Matrix move that he did against Shodai. I don't know if you remember this, I don't. but Shodai came out. Pushed Endo back all the way to the oh, edge yeah, of the bales. Oh, yeah, with that neck blast. Yes. He blasted and then him. Endo bent his knees and he did the most amazing back bend while holding on to Shodai. Shodai was pushing Endo's neck. And it looked so awful, so uncomfortable. But then Endo just held on, walked forward, and walked Shodai out for the win. It was... Uh, it was just incredible. Shodai tried a throw at the edge, but it didn't work. Mm-mm. I mean, it was just a beautiful frontal force out that made me just, it just bowled me over. It was a good one. It was a good match. It was. You remember Hakaho and Tokushoryu, though? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Can I say something about this one? Of course you can, one? yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hakaho. Yes. Yokozuna. Yes. Tokushoryu. Won the last Basho. Right. Did not meet Hakaho. Nope. Because Hakaho had dropped out last time. Mm-hmm. So he's got, you know, Tokushora is like, I'm, I'm the big man. I can take I just you won on. the last tournament. That's right. So mm-hmm. there was a huge Tachiai. Oh, they yeah. met each Hakaho other. Hakaho was Boom. saying something. Yeah. He was saying something huge. Hakaho moved forward. He just took a big hug of Tokushorio, the big man that he is. Uh, it's what Murray likes to call the hug and chug, where you hug somebody and <laughs> chug them forward. And then there was this really awkward moment where it looked like Hakaho was in trouble and he was well, getting carried around. Well, it took a show you had crazy strength and pushed him yes, across the floor. Yes. I was a little nervous. But what Hakaho did... He wrestled to his right. He wrestled to his left. He wiggled his opponent to get them off balance. Tokushoryo went in with a big push. He pushed Hakaho back, sliding mm-hmm. him across the doyo. Mm-hmm. Hakaho grabbed Tokushoryo's belt. He moved his own hips. He did a beautiful inside throw for the win, and he swaggered out. He has that wonderful swagger that he, he does. does when he can throw somebody perfectly. He has the best wiggling butt he, because the wiggling uh, hips is a real deal. That's not just like a is. fun thing they do. That is like part of their technique. He wiggles unlike anybody else, and that underarm throw, he did an underarm throw easily. He tossed a 300-plus pound man. Just tossed him yeah, like he was with your underarm. Like, think of picking up heavy groceries. Now, think of your groceries as being like 300 pounds in one arm. And he just tossed him. Yeah. Just like tossed him up into the counter. Just like easy peasy. Oh, it was it was incredible. And it was also talk about one of those things that I look forward to commentators saying. It was another one of those moments where uh, the commentator said, watch Hakaho's hips. And I, I go, oh, I do all the time. I already am. Yeah. <sighs> Day six. Day six. I'm titling this Big Boys Rule. Yeah, I want to talk about one match most people would probably pass over. Poor Nishikigi. (laughs) He just looks so defeated. And he has for a while. He's just had a real rough time of it. And I know he's a great wrestler because he wouldn't be a Maegashira, whatever he is, if he wasn't. You know, he he consistently is a great wrestler. He just can't win. Mm Mm-hmm. He won. He's had just a rough go. 
of the last. He finally he won on day just six. Won. I don't remember how, and I, that's all I needed to yeah, say about Nishikigi. Nishikigi finally friggin' won something, and and I was like, yes, and I saw like maybe a little smile or like a finally, jeez. <laughs> Well, I titled this day Big Boy Rule because mainly one fight. Oh, I know. Well, maybe two. About. No, maybe three well, fights. Well, there uh, yeah. Okay. Asanoyama versus Mitakeyomi. Oh, at, yeah. At this point in the tournament, both of them were undefeated. So you knew somebody, somebody was going to fall go. out yeah. of first place. It's going to be one of these guys. They had a great match the last time they met. There was a huge Tachiai chest Epic. to chest. Epic. Mitakeyomi was lower. He, he won. He won the touch eye, essentially. Yeah. He grabbed a double inside grip with both hands. They circled around each other, belly to belly, each trying to outmuscle each other. Then suddenly, each of them had one belt grip. And then Asana, it was like ring around the rosy. It was just pivots galore, but pivoting. chest to chest, chest to chest, lots of muscling, lots of grunting. Asanoyama lost his grip. Mitakeumi took immediate advantage, walked forward, moved Asanoyama out of the ring. And I love it when it happens in a sumo match when the person who loses. They get a big smile on their face because they're like, oh, that. They were well matched. Yeah. They were, they are so well matched. You just saw two people in top form fighting it out in something that was beautiful that they appreciated in each other. Yes. They're like, thank you for meeting me at my 100% best self. I gave you everything. You gave me everything of you. Exactly. And there was more blood from this bout. I think Mitakiyomi got a bloody cheek from this one. So I don't know why that makes it even better. You like I'm, a you like a blood sport. I like <laughs> sometimes, but not too much. No disembowelment, but a little bloody cheek is okay. What about Hakaho versus Yutakeyama? Oh, that was done in one second. Yeah, and as so Hiro fast. said again for this one, that's all she wrote. <laughs> that's all she wrote, kids. I love him. I there love was, everything about that commentator. He's I, great. I love them all. I really do. I do but too. there was another fast one too, Takakesho versus Enho, where Takakesho just he, shut Enho down with slaps and it was like a big brother pushing his little brother out of the baseball game. Like mm-hmm. boom, one push, you're out in the third row, buddy. Yeah. It was they, it, they were toast. <laughs> they were done. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Kind of fun to see somebody own somebody else like it that. It really was. There was a Kimboshi on Kimbashi, excuse me, on day six, Tokushoryu met Kakaru. It was their first time meeting, and Tokushoryu won. And because he's a Maegashira too, it's a Kimboshi, and I could just feel the cushions flying through the air that time. That was a really big deal. And it was also Tokushoryu's first win of the entire tournament. Oh, wow. He had been defeated by everyone else up until day six when he beat Kakaru. Interesting. Yeah. So well, that that, was... that explains the fire in his belly. Yes, exactly. Let's talk day seven. Oh, day seven. I am just entitling so much good sumo. So much good sumo. Can we talk about the biggie one, which was Takara Fuji versus oh. Tochinoshin? Oh, no, I, I surely you mean the big one, Hakaho versus Mitakiyomi. Oh, 
Well, or, yeah. Or Inho or versus Daisho Yutakiyama or, yeah, any of them. <laughs> right, there's so Okay, Shodai, okay Inho, you Kakuru. pick one, I'll pick one. Well, Takara Fuji and Tochinoshin, the Georgian. I'd like to say one of our listeners really loves Tochinoshin and they let us know and and they were like, you gave Tochinoshin some heat and I was like, all right, all right. It's just, I don't know. They always call him the Georgian. There's just something about him I didn't like and you know what? This guy is so fierce. He's so strong. He is, he has that thing, and this is why I actually do love him. I just love to hate him, I think. You know, everyone has an underdog. Everybody yep. has a bully. Everybody has one of those. And Tochi Notion's kind of one of those where it's like, oh, I don't want him to win, and he wins, and he's so good. He's been down because he's a former Ozeki, and he's fighting his way back up. Yeah, he's and been he's, injured. He's been so injured, and the guy keeps coming back, and... He's down, he's down, he's down. And he, when you think most people would be like, look, I've been down so much. It's time for me to bow out. He's the guy that has a little bit more. And that little bit more is full of so much passion yeah. and so much strength that that's what I saw. It was an epic battle of lifting lifting each other up. Okay, and it was a desperate Tochi Notion yep. up until the ring and, and numerous times with like Herculean strength. Yes. He stops Takara Fuji in his, in his tracks like he's on steroids. And I think I saw some of his spirit, you know, in the in that moment, in those moments when he's pushing back so far. I just haven't seen that lately. In this match, he was lit by that extra thing. And I saw... I saw the old Tochi Notion in that match. He just doesn't relent. And so he's lost a lot lately and he doesn't give up. But this one was a, a great match for anybody to just watch to see kind of what he is capable of and what makes watching his sumo so exciting. Yeah. And Tochi Notion won that with an Uwatanage overarm throw. And it really was a test of two men lifting heavy things. Those heavy things being each other. I do want to talk a little bit about Hakuho versus Mitakiyumi because they met on day seven. They were both undefeated. Yes. At this point, I was looking forward to the bout because of that reason. And also because the last time they met, Mitakiyumi experienced one of my favorite takedowns of all time. I don't know if you remember <laughs> that from the last bout. Remind me. They quickly met at a Tachiai. Hakuho did a leg trip on Mitakiyomi. Mitakiyomi landed flat on his back. Oh, and, and Hakuho, he bounced? Yeah, he did a trampoline yes. effect. He like bounced on Mitakiyomi's stomach and then back up on his feet. It was... It was awesome. No. Anyway, that so, could not have felt good. Oh, I just was looking forward to it this time. It was a fast bout. Hakaho pushed. He chased Mitakiyumi right out of the ring this time. Mitakiyumi had just no answer. So at the end of day seven, Hakaho is the sole leader with seven wins and zero losses. There are five men after day seven with one loss each who are vying for second place. Still very much in the Yusho race. Any of these guys could win depending mm -hmm. on what happens over the next week. Asano Yama, Mitakeumi, Takanosho. And Takanosho, little sweet baby face Takanosho. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Chiyotairu oh. and Aoyama. And the behemoth. Yeah. The new Another, behemoth. The, yeah. The new Ichinojo. And I almost described some Aoyama fights, but I chose not to. We'll talk more about him, I'm sure, next week, depending on what happens. Can I give you a little late in the game news flash? Yes. Do, 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 do. I wanted to talk about this up top, but I thought, you know what? Let's save it till the end. 
Like I had said, if any wrestler over two days has a temperature above, I don't know, Celsius, 33.5, that could be that could be like completely wrong number so don't listen to my 47. number 47.8 percent which is like percent celsius <laughs> like 140 degrees i don't know what that it would is really be problematic i'm working on my conversion uh one of the wrestlers unfortunately did have a fever that was sweet little chiomaru you know him yeah who was injured and came back no i thought that was chiotairu oh oh you're right Chiomaru is the one with the sweet little round face. Yes. He, uh, he's a grown man, guys. I'm sorry. (laughs) But he does have such a perfectly round face. He had a high fever for over two days. Now, thankfully, he was diagnosed as having cellulitis, which is a bacterial skin infection. But just as a precaution, they had an x-ray done on his chest. Everything came out normal. Well, that's good because wouldn't they have had to cancel the rest of the tournament? Yes. Yes, but they still... Even though they did the chest X-ray, we're still having to do, I guess, a blood work coronavirus test. I'm not exactly sure okay. how that all worked out. But he is um, not in the tournament and he is in quarantine at his stable currently. So he has pulled out. But I thought that was interesting. They are taking it very seriously. That's and they good. went through all the measures to make sure that it wasn't coronavirus. Because if it was, then chances are anybody he's fought with or been remotely close to, which is all the wrestlers, had been, they've been exposed. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. I think I'll do a little Q&A before we wrap up. Perfect. Our last segment, as always, is inspired by a listener, Lindsay Leslie. She's from Austin. And she asked, what is a typical day like for a sumo wrestler? All right. So around 5.30, 6, 7, the wrestlers start to get up. Depends on... <laughs> That's a big window. 5.30, Well, 6, I'll explain to you oh. why. Is The earlier you get up is the lower ranked wrestlers the later you get up is the higher ranked wrestlers oh so you can sleep in if you're a yokozuna everything comes first to you or last if it's beneficial like sleep okay the little guys they get up they cook and get stuff ready for later in the day and then the other guys the more senior wrestlers get up then they have about a three hour brutal morning session on an empty stomach and then after that they all eat now they all eat in a certain order senior wrestlers eat first and then they go through the order to the lowest ranked who kind of get the pickings by the end of it <laughs> they eat chakanabe which is a stew of sorts with meats and vegetables in it then they get a choice um side note as well they eat about 10,000 calories a day okay yeah, lots of rice, lots of beer, lots of high protein type foods and vegetables. Mm-hmm. Then they have a session with their top knot dresser, who is also called a tokoyama. So they all get their hair done professionally every day. They take a nap, which I thought was strange. They took a nap after they got their hair done, which I would never do. But <laughs> we I, do things differently. We here do in things America. differently. So I don't know. Then they do household chores. And then they train again in the afternoon a little bit. I don't think it's the same intensity as the morning session, but then again, I'm not exactly sure on that. After that, they're allowed to watch a little TV, relax until dinner. They eat dinner again in the same rank by rank. Um, Then they have a 7.30 to 10.30 to do about kind of whatever they wish. They're allowed to kind of get out of the house. Then they have bedtime. And it's basically a 24-hour lifestyle, highly regulated, ritualized from top down. The wrestlers have a place that they are and they try to move up to get more privileges, but it is a hard life. It's like a monk. It's like joining a monastery. This is the way you're choosing to live your life 24 hours a day. 
But as I understand, once you get higher in the ranks and say you get married, you're allowed you can, to leave. Yeah, you can leave the stable. Yeah. I still don't know what that's about. Like if they're allowed to live outside of the stable all the time or or just three, the time. three nights a week. <laughs> I don't know. They got to give their wives some love. At some point. At yeah. some point. You got to see your kids. Yeah, I would think so, too. Maybe that's why they all decide to get married. You know, it seems like they're all married. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get out of the stable. It's either right. live with these boys or get married. Get one married or the other. to somebody I could hopefully love. Yeah. So that's a little bit about the daily lives of sumo wrestlers. Awesome. Well, that is our style of sumo here at Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Kaboom. Please tune in again for more info on the sport we love. Join us online and on the socials at Sumo Kaboom. Connect okay. up with us. Comment. Tell, tell your, your friends. friends. <laughs> Feel free to ask us anything about sumo. We will do our best to get to the bottom of it or find an expert who can. Until then, I'm Laurie. And I'm Leslie of Sumo Kaboom. Thanks for listening. Sayonara. See y'all later. <laughs>